This episode is brought to you by Wild Foods Co. Jade, I know you use the Wild Foods Master Blend every morning. Tell me why. Yes, it's got five of the most important mushroom powders. Reishi, which helps your body deal with stress by normalizing various processes. And then it's also got Shaga, which is a ton of antioxidants, turkey tail for your immune system, and then lion's mane for anti-inflammatory properties, and then cordyceps, which is an adaptogenic, I always struggle with that word, (laughs) adaptogenic herb in Chinese medicine. And something I really, really love also is that they get these mushrooms from small farms. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, some of the words of these mushrooms names are tougher to say than to take. (laughs) Um, And because we know our health conscious magic mob is going to be so excited by this, Wild Foods is offering the Magic Hour listeners 12% off your entire order. Yep, 12% off your entire order. So to sign up, go to wildfoods.co slash discount slash magic hour. That's magic with a J. Again, go to wildfoods.co slash discount slash magic hour to get your discount. Hello and welcome boys and babes to the Magic Hour podcast, a place where we navigate through life's peaks and valleys with all the vulnerability and shamelessness we can muster. With the help of world-class guests from all walks of life, we uncover new truths and valuable tools for manifesting our highest potential. I'm your host, Mercedes Terrell, along with my partner in shine, Jade Bryce. Hi, you guys. So if you're listening to this from almost anywhere in the world, you're likely still on lockdown which we are now calling the Corona Cocoon. We want to remind you that we're here with you and we're doing what we can to keep us all headed in a positive direction through the efforts of this show. Yes, fam. This episode is one that holds some real wisdom and an insight on how we can have some mindset mastery and emotional intelligence in order to navigate this challenging time. We really feel this time can be used for transformation, hence the term Corona Cocoon, but it does take some shadow work and being intentional as well. Yes, exactly. And our guest today is going to guide us through that process. She blends the compassion and tenderness of an angel and the wisdom and strength of a shaman to guide profound journeys of core healing and spiritual awakening. As a certified high-performance coach, shamanic healer, and soul guide, she has guided thousands of individuals through core life shifts, helping them to turn their life around and manifest the life of their dreams. She is the host of the internationally acclaimed Shamangelic Healing Podcast. She is the founder of Shamangelic Healing based in Sedona, Arizona, where she offers high-performance coaching, inspirational workshops, group retreats, private healing sessions, and online courses. She is a Shamangelic breathwork pioneer, full of sage wisdom and a glowing presence that holds space for soulful expansion, personal healing, and spirit embodiment. She teaches us to embrace our divine power that we can be stewards of the earth and its resources, and that we can cultivate true loving relationships and together raise the vibration of the world. Please help us welcome Anahata Ananda, this divine earth angel to the show. Oh, what a beautiful intro. (laughs) You added some extra magic there and uh, beautiful goddess, beautiful sisters. Uh, It is a pleasure to weave the magic with you today. I'm excited to dive deep and, you know, weave something really special for the listeners today. Let's just set this intention that every 
conversation, every transmission, every question is just landing as deep medicine for everybody listening or watching and that um, the divine speak through us and that we weave a tapestry of soulful magic, this beautiful carpet ride that everybody that is on the receiving end, including us, have deep medicine for our soul, physically, emotionally, energetically, and spiritually. Mm. Yeah. So this is a very transformative time that we're in and there's a lot of fearful energy. We'd love to get a shamanic viewpoint on what's happening energetically right now. Um, well, you know, the, you know, the shamanic wisdom is about honoring cycles. And if we look at, you know, nature as a great teacher, it goes through birth and death cycles every year. And as humans, we're kind of stuck in this perpetual spring and summer and nature is very beautiful. And she models for us how to let go. Like in the fall, when, when, she is aware and sensing that things are changing, things are ending, and she's able to take a pause and let go of things that don't serve any longer or that would hold her energy back from replenishment and going inward to preserve and cultivate energy that will be needed to birth again. And so she's she's really modeled for us <clears throat> this beautiful flow of cycles. And as humans, we don't like to let go of things. We don't like to close chapters. We don't like to slow down. And <clears throat> this whole this whole time, this whole virus, this whole experience is forcing us into a fall and winter season that we have been avoiding. And because we haven't put ourselves in the fall, we haven't allowed ourselves to slow down. Um, she's helping us do that. And <laughs> because she needs a break from, mm -hmm. you know, as we can see with, with the waters clearing up and fish coming back and, and life, you know, returning, she's able to filter her waters and replenish herself because we're slowing down. And because we're in this closed loop system with mother nature and with mother mm -hmm. earth, um, when she needs to breathe, we need to breathe. And we have been in this place of polluting her waters and her air, and it's affecting us physically. Mm -hmm. That's why we have a virus that is respiratory. That's why, mm. um, you know, we are being forced to slow down and look at, because in the fall, we would look at what do I need to let go of? Mm -hmm. And if things aren't sustainable, like our, let's say, dance quote with particular substances or go, go, go lifestyle or a job that doesn't seem to fit us any longer that perhaps we've outgrown. Mm -hmm. That's the opportunity to, to pause and say, do I need to make any changes? Do I need to let go of anything? Without that pause, we just keep holding on to things that aren't in alignment, whether that's a substance, a lifestyle, a relationship, a job, uh, a way of being that really isn't serving us anymore. And yeah. so we're, we, we're, we're being invited to reconnect to the cycles of surrender and letting go and replenishment along with stillness, quiet, and re rejuvenation. And that's got a lot of us really um, uncomfortable <laughs> because we don't like to be forced to be still. Yeah. Is that kind of in a way, it's the divine feminine rising, 
right? It is the the feminine aspects of that is is it's more of a lunar cycle and the feminine of nurturing and patience mm-hmm. and self care and slowing down and stillness, which is more of the feminine and the masculine is more active and and energetic. And we actually need both of those cycles. We need both the feminine to replenish and rest and be patient and fill our cup back up. And we also need that masculine energy of go and move forward, which is kind of more fiery and the feminine mm-hmm. is more watery. And as a culture, we have been um, a lot more fiery. And so this mm-hmm. is a time to be a little bit more watery to get into our emotions, mm. to be more sensitive, to be more reflective. And in that sensitivity, we also get to look at where our emotions are rising when those attachments or leaves that we've been, branches that we've been holding on to really tight, aren't serving us any longer. And we've probably been getting some wake-up calls about that, that this lifestyle or this addiction or this habit isn't serving, but we've been ignoring the signals and nature doesn't know, ignore the signals when it starts getting colder. She adapts by, by adjusting and letting go of things. And as things right now are changing, we are being invited to let go of things that we've been attached to. And so it will take a lot of the feminine energy, gentleness and compassion and patience right now to navigate this time of our emotional response to being forced to let go of certain um, things that we've been attached to. And, and it might be material. It might be certain freedoms. It might be certain products on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, that's because the way we've been living is not sustainable. Yeah. I know um, Kyle Kingsbury brought up the other day when we were talking about this, that um, a lot of men don't know how to be with their families. They don't know how to just be and like stay inside and sit still. Mm. And so it's causing the men to panic even more right now and like, um, you know, stock up as much as possible and find ways how they can still be the masculine. And um, so it's interesting. It's calling the men to tap into their feminine. It's calling all of us, uh, you know, uh, you know, to soften, to slow down, to listen, to feel. And especially with men, because they've been programmed, don't feel, don't cry, don't talk about it. You're the doer, you're the protector, you're the provider. And so we also get to look at some of the social programming that is attached to men that is perhaps not sustainable, that allows men to also be the caregiver and sensitive and still and playful and uh, we get to have compassion for the parts of us men or women that are being faced with um, ways of being mm-hmm. that are not balanced and whole. Because within each of us, women and men, we have feminine qualities and masculine qualities. And, and you know, women have been, in order to prove ourselves, in order to feel worthy. Uh, we have come and come out of our feminine and into our masculine. And that doesn't mean we can't be badass entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we can't be leaders and providers as well. However, doing that from a masculine place of force and push, and I have to prove and hustle, whether we're a man or a woman, isn't really working. It's causing burnout. 
yeah. um, resentment, overwhelm. And this is where in this pause, we get to look at how I'm orienting to money, how I'm orienting to my relationship, how I'm orienting to those that are listening that are parents, mm. um, and the the roles in which I, I am identifying with. Are those really aligned with my soul or are those roles and hats that I have taken on that um, are actually belong to somebody else or they belong mm. to a different generation or I took that on trying to fit in or there was social pressure to go on this path that mm-hmm. when, I, when in this pause we get to deeply look at is the life I've created aligned with my soul and, and my soul's essence? Mm. And it's scary to turn inward and to look at that and to face that perhaps the life I've created is not really nourishing my soul or it's having a deep impact and detriment to my physical health or it's creating stress on my relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm not showing up emotionally uh, because I'm afraid to look at the emotions because a lot of us, when we get still, that's when the emotion starts to rise. Our fear, our insecurities, our Mm-hmm. Our our core wounding mm-hmm. tends to rise when we slow down, and so the go go and the do do mm-hmm. is actually a coping mechanism to avoid the inner work. Yeah, I yeah. think we're very much seeing that now, especially in relationship, and in relationship being in lockdown, you know, for this pandemic, all that stuff is really <clears throat> rising to the surface. But I also have a kind of personal question off of that is. Um, I'm being approached with some new business opportunity, new even career path and direction. Uh, And I've always been the person who has been residing in her masculine more often than not. And it has served me well, you know, the reasons that that came about in my young childhood, it had pushed me to be really well, do really well in business and be very, um, you know, organized and oriented in that direction. But I found a lot of places where it didn't serve me well, you know, like I want to be able to be the feminine woman who I was born to be. Uh, And so I'm asking, how do I better um, balance when I, so what I guess I'm most afraid of is that now that this new opportunity is coming about, is it really the universe speaking to me in a way like, well, this is a test. You can take this and go with it in the sense of go back into your old patterns and take it on head on and do it in the way you always have, which is, you know, like bulldoze through, or, um, is there a better way for me to do that? Or should I just not be doing this at all? You know, take a step back completely from it. So do you have any advice on how to navigate that when you're in the midst of where I'm at currently? Uh, This is a great question. And it's for everybody because we're in the midst midst of making big pivots and, how do I change and create a life that's more sustainable, whether it's within your relationships, whether it's business opportunities. And that's where the stillness and deep listening comes from. Because if we are making those choices from panic, fear, hustle, push, force, we're going to create more destruction. Whether that destruction is, oh, I, I make money, but it's at the expense of my emotional health, or it's at the expense of my physical health, or I'm not present in my relationship, so it cause, causes conflict in my relationship. <clears throat> yeah. 
So this is where we get to really deepen our spiritual practices, which is more that aspect of the feminine and, and, and being receptive for divine guidance that is required with stillness. We can't come to that, that answer clearly when we're going a million miles an hour and we're juggling seven things. It invites us in that feminine quality to be still, mm -hmm. to be receptive, to be open, to listen, and to deeply check in with, is, is this alignment with who I am right now as a soul? Mm -hmm. and, and to peel back some of the layers of have to and must. And like you, as a, as a young girl, you said, hey, I had to come forward with the masculine to, to become self-sufficient. And you know, I started working at 12 and, and be, be, because there was a need to, to provide for myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I learned how to do that. And the wonderful thing with whether we're men or women, we learned how to, how to, how to do that. And then we get to see about where it, where there has been the destructive aspects of it. So in this time, when we're looking at opportunities or the need to pivot off a lifestyle that isn't sustainable or spending habits or business that is causing adrenal fatigue or it's not healthy balance-wise, mm -hmm. is a deep listening so that we can be answering that from a soul level. Mm. so that we can be answering, is this alignment, is this in alignment with how I came to serve? Mm -hmm. And I may be faced with looking at that old part of me that is afraid to let go of something or afraid to move into the unknown or afraid to do it in a way that is unfamiliar because yeah. the familiar way has worked. Yeah, that's, I think, what my biggest obstacle is there is like, what is the new way? Am I, I'm most afraid that I will fall back into the old way because that's my comfort zone. Right. And that, that's where we really get to feel like, let me actually move into the old way and learn from it. What worked about the old way so that we can precipitate out that resourcefulness of the mm -hmm. old way, the get back up and try it if I fail. That those qualities, those kinds of things, the confidence, the resilience, those kinds of qualities, when we look back at the old way, mm -hmm. we may want to keep those. That's where the tree doesn't let go of the trunk and the branches. It just lets go of the leaves. So at this time, we also get to look at, hmm, what could be upgraded? Right. What is not working so well? Or where has this where has my passion for this part of the business changed? Mm -hmm. Where has this dynamic in my relationship met its ceiling and we need to grow so that our relationship can go to the next level? Where have I met diminishing returns with this addiction with insert your addictive substance here? <laughs> Where have I now experienced diminishing returns with sugar, alcohol, pot, um, sex, you name it? that is actually taking my energy rather than giving it to me. And then that might be, hmm, maybe it's time to let go of this substance or this part of my business that is actually causing a lot more strain and stress and frustration. Maybe it's because when I'm in that listening space, spirit, divine creator, source, my higher self, insert your version of that mm -hmm. there is trying to get me to look at 
making an adjustment or a shift. Maybe it's a little shift where it looks like, oh, I just need to hire somebody or I need to delegate this piece or I need to let go of this piece in order to birth or reach for something new. And this is where sitting in that discomfort also allows us to grieve and say goodbye to that. That's the winter season. And it also gives us this space to be still and allow the inspiration for what new seed am I planting in the springtime? Because it might be totally different than anything that is in your current box. That's why that winter season is so valuable to be receptive and allow spirit or inspiration or to bring spirit in so that we can be fertile and receptive still and um, in this place of fertile receptivity to allow a totally new seed to be planted within us Mm. that lights us up where we're excited, where that Mm. fire and passion of the spring then provides a whole new uh, path of abundance and prosperity because we've been allowing something new to come in. Yeah, yeah, for me, I, I think so much of it is about um, the worry of me falling back into my old pattern, but also the the outside pressure of when I'm in the mix with these people who are who see me in that light of that masculine who is always glorifying busy and you know that person may call it corporate or whatever you want to call that. Um, I'm I'm comfortable in that skin because it's been me for so long. And I feel like I want to show up for them because that's been my tendency and such a strong part of my character. So it's, I think, releasing, like you're saying, that part and letting go of of that the parts of that that aren't serving me. Some of it ha- is valuable still. But then a big piece of it is trust. I think the word trust is big for me right now, like trusting myself that I'll be able to do it a different way and it will be okay. Like the world will not fall apart. You know, trust this that it'll is be absolutely. Okay. And those are both the feminine qualities of trust and faith sit mm-hmm. right there side by side. That that's why the inner meditation is so valuable to trust that I'm going to be okay. And also in that inner authenticity that I'm following my inner authenticity and that I can stand in the presence of other people's judgment. Because mm-hmm. what I heard there is. I don't want to disappoint external expectations. And that might be one of those leaves to let go in order Mm -hmm. to follow your authentic path. You may be met with the presence of external judgment or criticism for what are you, what the hell are you doing going that way? Or um, uh, I don't like the way you're changing. And now we're going back to our attachment as children, for our parents' approval. We're going back to the teenage version of us that wants to fit in with the cool kids and doesn't want to be rejected. And we're going back to, as as the solar plexus, our individual and actually our fire center, the third chakra, around individual and individual light where we're no longer sourcing that Mm -hmm. external power validation from somebody else. We're maturing to find our individuality and our, our, our soul's mission that is not dependent on or guided by external validation. Right. Because that is definitely one we got to let go of. Because our superpowers, ladies and gentlemen, is coming from our individuality and our authenticity right now is mm-hmm. that in the new paradigm, each of us bringing our authentic magic and our individual power to weave together is what's going to create the new paradigm. We don't need same, same of the old, old. We need new, new of the more authentic because that 
unique inspiration that you're bringing is valuable and it's going to inspire others to let go of the old way and to follow their authenticity. And so in that way, it's uncomfortable, scary, and necessary mm-hmm. to be the way shower, which is going to invite you to face the attachments of being judged or criticized by the people that used to at times have your back that in this mm-hmm. moment, as you, as you venture out into the unknown may become um, your fiercest critic sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> I feel I to um, hear all that. <laughs> it feels insensitive to say this because of all the people who are sick or who are worried about their loved ones, but it your perspective makes this um, virus seem like such a blessing. Um, and so it really shifts it really shifts it from like victim consciousness to like creator consciousness. And I'm really thankful for uh, the way you articulated all of that. I feel too um, like that ten thousand foot view when we when we can pull ourselves back out of our individual bodies, we get to see the world in general as this always positive thing. If we want to look at the, like you're saying, you know, it's going through these different seasons of rebirth and, um, you know, that's, that's the perspective of the hawk or the eagle. Or when we mm. look at it from a shamanic perspective and, Oh, by the way, you'll get it. People listening will get a free guided animal spirit journey. So that's going to be really cool to help. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. But, but you know what 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 you both are addressing is the ten thousand perspective you know foot perspective or the mm-hmm. the perspective of the eagle in the Hindu tradition it would be the third eye and the crown and mm. this is the coronavirus which mm-hmm. means crown yes it's, it, it's getting us to awaken to a higher perspective because what we're being shown is that the foundation that we have built upon is not stable. It is Mm -hmm. not sustainable. That's why everybody in the root chakra is being very triggered around Mm. health. Can I survive? Um, Money, stability, safety, um, hoarding, survival, all of Mm. these kind of, and community is all being completely radically threatened because the way we have built humanity is mm-hmm. not sustainable with longevity. It's not sustainable with the environment. It's not sustainable with our health. And this, this virus has given us the freedom and the invitation to actually look at our root system mm-hmm. and where we have built it on sand, right? In, mm-hmm. you know, in the air. And that we can't just keep living on credit. We can't just be stuffing our emotions. We can't just having an, uh, an unhealthy relationship to consumption and plastic to avoid feeling what we need to feel. Mm-hmm. And that these, these, these uh, patterns of that humanity has gone down a path, this virus is bringing to our attention that the foundation that we built upon is not sustainable. And it's giving us the invitation Sometimes we're, we're given this invitation by little knocks on the door that we've all uh, ignored because um, we're so um, beautifully stubborn and arrogant and avoidant that sometimes we don't hear a gentle whisper mm-hmm. um, or a knock on the door. It takes us a two by four um, or, you know, three week, uh, you know, uh, isolation <laughs> to force us to slow down and look at patterns that aren't sustainable. And this is a... You know, there's a difference between an invitation to awaken, and now this is a demand. This is this is a command to awaken, mm-hmm. so that you know our trajectory with humanity can be more in harmony with humanity and with the planet. And so, 
we've actually all asked for this at a core level to mm. be awakened, to be in harmony with everything. Yeah. So with that, how can we reconnect back to our primal relationship to Mother Earth and access her power, wisdom, strength, and love? Because it it is obvious that she's trying to get our attention right now and inviting us to do so. Yeah. Um, get back on the land. Mm. You know, nature's my church. It's my sanctuary. It's where I receive inspiration. It's where I heal. It's where I listen. It's where I play. It's where I adventure. And she's inviting you to um, to come and play with her again. As kids, mm. we used to do that. We used to play play outside and climb trees and, you know, play in the mud and splash in the water. We used to do that as kids and, and we've forgotten how, how beautiful it is to just play in nature. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just to hike a summit from that place of, you know, conquer and adventure, but I mean mm-hmm. to, to walk barefoot yeah, and, you know, lay down, um, mm. and allow her healing energy because, you know, grounding is proven scientifically to mm-hmm. help boost the immune system to breathe fresh air when we're concerned right now Mm -hmm. about the quality of our air i'm out every day on the land totally tree hugging (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know soaking in sun yeah and and getting yeah getting kissed by the sun held by mother earth and having the the trees um filter the air for me and this is where and and be in the water element you know i like to be by water so that i can be in that flexibility and surrender and so get back in nature because she can be that divine mother where we might need to be held Mm -hmm. through something that we're scared about or afraid of just like you know we would go to to to, you know a mother to be held if we fell off our bike or something like that or Mm -hmm. skinned our knee um so this is where she can model the divine feminine for us. This is where we can work out. We don't have to be in a gym lifting weights right. because we can go outside and climb mountains. We can climb trees. We can lift rocks. We can, we can swim in her waters. There's lots of ways that I think we've, we've forgotten with modernization how mm-hmm. to be in nature in a playful, healthy, nurturing way. Mm-hmm. And in that, I did a little uh, video um, for the equinox Mm. that's on my Instagram. It's also on my YouTube, which is a whole ceremony ceremony about seed planting intentions and, and connecting back to mother earth where we can say, Hey, I'm sorry. Mm. I apologize for the way I have disrespected you. Mm. I apologize for, um, you know, not honoring you. And let me express my gratitude in this moment for, the healing herbs or the fresh air for your gravity, which is holding us on this beautiful planet for your patience with my ignorance and my overconsumption that has hurt us both. Mm. I apologize for moving away from a harmonious, respectful, conscious relationship with you and, and be reestablish that connection by coming home to to her and also ask her how can i serve you how can i support you right now and maybe that is planting trees maybe that is using less plastic maybe that is um getting away 
from so much consumption and, and packaged materials. Maybe that mm. is planting more of your own garden and eating fresh and local rather than blueberries from New Zealand yeah. that are, you know, crossing her ocean. Right. Just mm-hmm. Like when we have fruit in our backyard or we could grow it um, or we can, we can actually eat more locally so mm-hmm. that we are not having shipping containers going across her oceans and her blood is our blood. Her, 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 we are mostly water. She is mostly water. That is her blood. And that is our blood. Yeah. And so we're in a closed loop. And if we get back to that, where can I clean up my footprint mm-hmm. um, and lighten it and be in a, in a listening, respectful relationship with mother earth so we can serve her and love her and be grateful for what she's given us. Yeah. yeah. That's really beautiful. We have a question from our magic mob where Mondo asks um, or says, you teach on multiple ways to heal your relationship with your parents. Uh, and I know that in a time like this, we're, we're thinking about how we may lose family members, which brings up such a mix of emotions, especially for those of us who maybe have unhealed trauma with our families. So can you tell us what the first few steps are in mending those relationships? Hmm. That's a deep question. And it's Mm -hmm. a good question. And that's, it's relationships with our parents or anyone that was influential in our childhood, because that might've been a step parent. It might've been a grandmother or grandfather. And if we look at our childhood as a classroom Mm -hmm. and we step back from the expectations that they were supposed to know everything, provide everything and keep me safe. If we step back from that and and acknowledge that as souls we came into a classroom that we chose and we created, mm-hmm. uh, then we can see every experience and every part player in the classroom of our of our childhood as a teacher. And it mm-hmm. took me a long time to see my father as a teacher mm-hmm. <laughs> because my he was my arch nemesis and my greatest villain. Mm-hmm. I placed him in that in that part in my life mm-hmm. as the person that hurt me most the person that wounded me. Um, and that was my story for many years until I got to a place in my life where I realized, wow, if I'm here to understand love, which is my spiritual name, Anahata, mm-hmm. if I'm here to understand love, then one of the deepest expressions of love is forgiveness. And How could I learn forgiveness if I had only been loved uh, unconditionally, if I had never been wounded or, or hurt or abused um, physically or emotionally or rejected or judged or any of that? Um, How could I ever access the classroom of forgiveness and understanding and compassion and it took me many years, well into my, into my 30s, before I came to that understanding of, oh, my father came here for me. The lesson he is bringing is to help expand my understanding of love so that I can actually have compassion for the shadow parts of myself, that I can actually have compassion for the shadow parts and the darkest parts of Uh, the greatest villains in my story, Mm -hmm. that I can also have compassion for the shadow aspects of humanity Mm -hmm. that are causing great conflict and harm 
upon uh, upon each other. And this goes back to raising into the heart chakra around compassion and forgiveness. And it also raises us into the crown and, and perspective to see our greatest villains as mm. just wounded children that uh, we're not here to teach, to model everything for you, but perhaps in their ignorance and their unconsciousness also bring to the table for you the gift of compassion and forgiveness and that they are human too, which doesn't mean that what they did is okay. It just means that I don't have to hold anger about it anymore. I can also witness that I have hurt and harmed others in my arrogance and in my unconsciousness and in my immaturity. It helps me turn towards the part of my own shadow. And in those places of the classroom, we get to exercise inquiry. What did this teach me? Did it teach me to respect myself did it treat it did it teach me to understand forgiveness did it teach me to i need to have clear boundaries with people that my voice matters like what are the lessons that are coming from childhood because i guarantee as you grow as a soul you're going to need those pearls those lessons those treasures from your childhood if if there was oppression and I took on this understanding that I don't matter, mm-hmm. then somehow, or, or that everybody else's opinion of me is more important than myself, just like Mercedes, what you're going through about needing to validate yourself, even if somebody else doesn't agree with what you're doing, as you step into this next level, your ability to take those lessons from the past and honor yourself instead of give power away to external validation is actually a powerful lesson that applies right now. So there's plenty of treasures as we go into those most tumultuous relationships when we have the courage to look into those. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's going to be lessons and pearls and tools that are absolutely necessary as you are going into this next chapter of your life that you will need going forward. Yeah. To be fortunate for all those yeah. places, even the darknesses. I love that. I have, it's, it feels a lot more applicable thinking of it exactly how you articulated it as a classroom. Like I always have thought everyone's our teacher, but when you think about this is the classroom that you chose, it really, um, it just helps you again, move from victim consciousness to creator consciousness and, um, so thank you again. <laughs> well, even the darkest things, even the darkest things, well, we say, oh, well, what about, a, what about physical abuse or sexual abuse? Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my, one of my clients has, has, you know, been on the receiving end of a tremendous amount of sexual abuse in mm-hmm. her lifetime. And she is now working in prisons to help with rapists, mm-hmm. to help with their healing and their transformation and, 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 and compassion and forgiveness for how they came to that place in their mm-hmm. life that they would have such, uh, you know, a pain themselves that they would, uh, you know, harm another person in such a way. And her classroom, her training for this kind mm-hmm. of work was not to have a PhD from Harvard and to be in theory about what this is. She 
in as at a, as at a soul had these her classroom and her training ground was to be experiencing all these different sides of sexual abuse so that in her evolution to come to forgiveness she is such a powerful healer and teacher because of her experiences and 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 that it didn't define her as a victim in her evolution and her working with her traumas she became victorious and stronger that is now able to come back and do some incredible work with with um, men in prisons and to, to help heal that part of them and forgive and evolve that part of them and so that's where even the darkest shadowy things we can find there's a lesson there's a blessing mm. and how can i why did i experiencing right. why did i experience this so that because somewhere in my soul blueprint that plays as a role whether it's addiction or abuse or um, you know being adopted, divorce, uh, um, the loss of a loved one from suicide, whatever it is, there is something there that is part of your training ground because you're here to serve with that tool and that greater awareness to help humanity through it in some way. Absolutely. I think because it happened in our lives, that's proof that it was something we specifically were meant to experience. So we can make it something happening for us instead of to us. You did mention something I, I just wanted to touch on just on a personal note as well. Um, you said your spiritual name. And so, and I don't know if, you know, you have a different real name or were you born to Anahata Ananda as your real name? Yeah, no, I wasn't born like in an ashram, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my my upbringing was beautiful and and challenging and tumultuous and the full spectrum, like many of us, a full a full spectrum of experience of, of light and dark. I, I think that that's pretty typical. And and um, my spiritual name came as I was studying and evolving and healing from my dark night of the soul, um, experiencing a lot of rage and anger from those times that hadn't been been fully integrated and Mm. healed, um, that I kind of dove into the shamanic path to kind of help me release a lot of the darkness and the shadow and and learn from it and evolve from it and become stronger from it. And then after doing that work, I was really drawn to more spiritual practices, meditation, and more of the yogic principles. And it was at that time with my meditation teachers. And I already knew that I was here to, to study the heart. I already knew that. And they, they were like, yep. And, and mm. the Sanskrit term for that is anahata. And what they added to that was anahata ananda, which means blissful heart. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and, so the Kingsburys are naming their daughter's middle name also. Uh, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, ananda. Yes. Um, and you know, when they gave me that name, I was like, uh, you know, that's, that's a lot. And so I didn't go by that name for many years because I was working with moving into that place where I was more loving than not loving. And I think when they gifted me that name, I wasn't quite there yet. Hmm. And it's, you know, it's a work in process. It doesn't mean I'm always in the love or the bliss frequency, because as a human, I dance in those, mm-hmm. you know, gray shades. And, but I'm more often that than not that. And I'm here still as a student of understanding 
the heart and its and its power and its multiple facets and its wisdom, along with the powerful medicine of joy and bliss, which is mm. our birthright. Mm. Which means at this time when some of us are way down in survival mode and that even in that we can move into those frequencies of trust and faith, knowing that we're going to be okay and mm-hmm. that that my happiness is not defined by how many zeros in the bank account mm-hmm. or, or what kind of car I drive or how many followers I have on social media that we're kind of you know, finding that bliss is not attached to what we thought it was. Mm. Bliss is our birthright. I love, I love that. And it brings up worthiness wounds. It brings up all the reasons that we've made excuses that that's not true. Is that something you find in everyone you work with? Is that common? I think that as children, we understand bliss because we just, we play. We are it. We are, we're not considered, we're not um, burdened by, external expectations. I know there's this one picture of me where my pigtails are totally crooked and my bow is like all my shoe is untied. And, um, I have two different color socks on. I'm totally dirt. My face is totally dirty. And the, my smile wraps around my whole face and it's, it, it exudes from my body because I'm happy playing outside. And, and that brings me great joy. And, and in the doing and in the becoming, uh, in the, in the diving into the matrix and growing up, I'm not saying we're meant to be in per- perpetual Peter Pan mm-hmm. and where, where we don't take care of everyday responsibilities. I want, I, I couldn't be a mother if I wasn't, if I wasn't responsible for pr- providing my kids with safety and mm-hmm. food and, and a place to sleep. I, we still want to be grounded, but we also don't want to forget how to play. As adults, whether we're the provider or the caregiver or both, we still want to be able to access those frequencies of play and laughter and that that is great medicine. We've, we've become addicted to the workaholic as, as our value and our worth. But that and, and, and accomplishment might, you know, our success might make us feel worthy, but that does not or fleeting states of, okay, I won that or I accomplished that. But that isn't a deep sense of of uh, joy mm. and bliss. Bliss is playful. It's not coming from accomplishment. Bliss is silliness, not coming from a place of victory. It, it, it doesn't have have to win or do it a certain way. It's without structure in that way, and um, and the, and 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 silliness by the the go getter is ridiculous. It's a waste of time. It's judged. And we actually need that frequency. It's in the Mm. second chakra. Um, We actually need that orange color of the rainbow that is playful and fun. And um, one of my clients is, you know, runs one of the biggest trading companies in New York. And, uh, you know, I was working with him and I said, Hey, how do you play? Do you dance? Do you laugh? Do you draw? Do you you know, do art, what do you do? And he was like, Oh, that's ridiculous. That's a waste of time. Yeah. And, and that inner child was so abandoned and within six months he had had a heart attack. He's still alive, but he had a heart attack because 
that part of him that loves to play had not been fed. And so his heart was breaking. Mm. I had a therapist ask me that question. What do you do as playtime? And I was like, I don't. And I, and she put me through a practice. So if anyone listening wants to do that practice with themselves, if they have a real hard time coming up with what they do as playtime, maybe just write down, you know, journal, write down a big list of things that you would consider playtime. What does playtime sound like to you? What's the definition to you? Is it, you know, jogging outside? Is it running in the park? Is it playing Frisbee? Is it, you know, whatever it is, write it down and then do one of those things. See how and I goes. invite it to be less functional. I invite mm. it to be, to not have a means that it's just, I'm painting just to paint, not to put something on the wall mm. that my, my movement is, just authentic and it's not I'm gonna run three miles today Mm -hmm. if we pull out the masculine part of it and we allow it to be purely inspiration and the muse and and not functional um, with a destination or an end result then we're really getting into the essence of creativity that just poetry for poetry and I'm, I'm writing because it feels good or I'm drawing because I, I, it's fun. And to get outside of the comfort zone because most of us are accustomed to writing with most of us the right hand. Um, what if we were doing it with the other hand? And if we are actually going into those states of creativity, we're going to feel uncomfortable and it's going to be awkward. And if that inner critic that expects perfection can be sidelined to... I'm just making a necklace for fun. I'm just, I'm painting for fun. Then we're getting somewhere, which might be a muscle that we haven't flexed in a while. For sure. (laughs) As we are seeing right now in our Corona cocoon. Yes, we're Mm, being asked to do that. This is the end of part one. Tune in next week for part two. We'll see you there. It's the magic hour. Mercedes and Jay.